Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life simply being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. As the year comes to close, I always spend a little time in reflection. I not only look at my last year, but I often reflect on years past and see where I'm improving and what areas of my life could use some changes. In doing this, I thought of many of the mistakes I've made along my sobriety journey and what I would have done differently if I could go back and give myself advice. I thought today would be a good day to do something a little different and talk about those things. So buckle up, this is going to be a great episode. Welcome back. Since my year-end review prompted the idea for this podcast, that is the first lesson I will mention. I wish I had started doing personal check-ins earlier in my sobriety. And not just daily journaling, but analyzing situations where I felt things did not go my way. There's a saying that goes, nothing changes if nothing changes. So much of my life was wasted living in cycles. Cycles of addiction, cycles of toxic relationship, cycles of repeating the same behavior. Yet every time I ended up in the same place, I'd always end up sitting on my couch wondering, how the hell did I get here again? And that was because I never paused and looked for the answer to how the hell I got there again. And since it was easier to blame the outside world and life circumstances, I usually just chalked it up to bad luck and jumped right back into that cycle. Sometimes the only good thing that could come out of a shitty situation is a lesson learned. But if we don't learn the lesson, we are going to repeat the cycle and put ourselves right back into the place to be harmed again. I see this all the time with people who have relapsed or are going to try to get sober again. I asked them, what did you learn from last time and what changes are you going to make this time to prevent repeating that pattern? Most people haven't thought too much about it. Things have just gotten bad enough again where they're at the point that they know they need to stop. But if nothing changes, nothing changes. Find a way that works for you to work through these types of things. For me, I find that I must keep it simple. On Sunday, I review my week and then plan my next week. I don't lay out every day hour by hour, but I look at what a good week would look like to me. If I'm working hard on projects, I may set milestones for the week to see if they're realistic as I look at each day. Some weeks I might have scheduled downtime and I see what I need to do to really embrace that and recharge. Then at the end of the week, I look back and see if I accomplished what I set out to. If I didn't, I look at why. Something may have happened and I needed to shift plans. Other times I may have allowed myself to get distracted and I ask myself why I allowed that. That is the key. Asking myself why and sitting with that question. I used to always just say, I just struggle with motivation and blow it off. But we're always motivated by something. The real question is why I was so motivated to find distractions and avoid what I set off to do. Often I find that I'm facing something that scares me and I'm trying to avoid fear. Other times I find that I'm pushing towards something that I am finding I really don't want. This was a case when I decided to go back to school to get a master's degree after a couple of years of sobriety. Every time I would try to sit down and do homework or study, I just could not focus. I found every distraction to get up from my desk, and every week I was forcing myself just to get the minimum done. I did that for months. I just kept chalking it up to lack of motivation and needing to get back into the habit of studying again. 
but no matter how hard I tried to find the motivation, I just couldn't seem to find it. This is the first time someone suggested that I do the process I explained a moment ago. And after sitting with that question, I realized I was only going back to school to check off a box for an accomplishment that my drinking derailed over a decade before. I didn't want to be back in school studying things that didn't interest me anymore. The degree wasn't going to make a significant impact on my career either. I was just racking up student loan debt and punishing myself trying to get motivated for something that wasn't important to me anymore. I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, and I would have never realized this until a friend of mine asked me why I was going back to school if I seemed to not want to. Pausing and reflecting on it, I realized that going back to school was not the path that I wanted. If I hadn't taken that moment to listen to myself, I would have wasted years doing something that I didn't enjoy and probably decades paying off the student loans. That is how we rebuild our intuition, which is the next mistake I made, which is waiting far too long to begin to redevelop and begin trusting my own intuition. This is very common for many of us in recovery, which makes sense. Most of us come into sobriety with a whole lot of evidence of why we should not trust our intuition. I had made what seemed like a decades-long string of bad decisions, ones that hurt me, hurt the people around me, and got me right where I was. So it is natural to think that the best way to stop that losing streak is to stop listening to myself. So when I get into a culture like Alcoholics Anonymous, where they tell me things like your best thinking got you here and to sit down, shut up and listen. And then my favorite, which was that I needed to take the cotton out of my ears and stuff it into my mouth. That just validates my belief that I was incapable of making good decisions on my own. But most decisions I make come from somewhere that no one else has access to. And that is my gut. It doesn't mean that I don't reach out for advice and take into account others' perspectives on a situation. But when it is time to make that decision, it ultimately is my responsibility and I should be the one making the call because no one knows me as well as I know me. This is not an overnight process to learn how to do this and I often still make mistakes. But when I started taking ownership of these decisions, instead of shifting that responsibility to others, it opened me up for learning and growing from the lessons that come from making mistakes instead of simply assigning the blame to whoever I felt gave me bad advice. If you want to learn more about the journey and beginning to trust my intuition again, check out episode number 18 of this podcast. This brings me to the next mistake I made, which was blindly following other people's advice. That decision to go back to school, even though the ultimate responsibility was mine, was not my decision completely. When I was a couple years sober, my sponsor suggested that we go back through the steps, so we did. At this point, my biggest resentments I listed all revolved around me. My eyes at that point had opened wide to see the harm I had caused to myself with my drinking. Most of my resentments were actually regrets. Losing amazing jobs, derailing my career, and not continuing with my education in my early 20s. So when I reviewed this with my sponsor, he said, You have to go back to school now or you'll regret not going for the rest of your life. When I told him that things had changed and it didn't feel like something I needed to do at this point in my life, he told me I was just making excuses because I was full of fear and insisted that not doing it was setting me up for a lifetime of regret. Do I regret not doing this when I was in my early 20s? Yes. But that is because I knew that was important to the early 20s version of me and that was one of the many dreams that I chose to neglect because of my drinking. 
But that doesn't mean the answer was to go back to school in my mid-30s. One regret I still have is that I never had children. I wish I would have met someone earlier in my life that I could have built a family with. However, that does not mean that now 47-year-old version of me should go out and start having kids as a way to treat that regret. There's nothing wrong with having kids in your late 40s, but I know that is not for me. People's advice often is given with their feelings attached to them. Someone who also puts most of their dreams on hold and regrets it personally is going to tell others to chase their dreams. There's nothing wrong with that. It is human nature and we all do it to varying extents. However, just because my sponsor at that time regretted never going back and doing all the things drinking took away from him isn't a good reason for me to do that. In retrospect, I should have gotten more points of view, including from my friend whom I ultimately talked to after beginning school and then made the decision based on what felt right for me, not blindly doing what I was told. This leads me to the next point, which is that early in sobriety I was only going to other alcoholics for advice. I thought they were the only ones that could understand me. Plus, I was told I should be going to my sponsor for all decisions. That friend who ultimately directed me to look deeply at how it felt to me was not an alcoholic, so I didn't think about talking to him. How would he know about dealing with the regret of drinking away his dreams? What he was, though, is a guy that has known me since I was a kid. He had a front row seat of watching me destroy my life and try to rebuild it. He probably knew the real me better than anyone else in the world at that time. However, I fell into the belief that only alcoholics could help alcoholics to try to turn their lives around. This was the strongest reason I stayed in Alcoholics Anonymous for years after my intuition told me that it was not the right path for me. I thought I was going to be left without support, but I'd already built a support system around me. They just weren't all alcoholics. My friend who gave me that advice had experience in what I was going through. He too had chased the wrong things, only trying to relieve the emotion of regret instead of pausing and asking himself if it was still the right thing to do at that point in his life. He had experience with the exact problem I was facing. The fact that he was not an alcoholic did not disqualify him from giving me advice. Things like shame, guilt, regret, fear, self-pity, selfishness, and every other emotion that is often linked with addiction are not exclusive to addiction. Everybody has experience with these struggles, so by limiting myself to advice only from other alcoholics, I was missing out on many other beautiful perspectives on how to best cope with them. The best advice I got from other alcoholics was about alcoholism. They were the only ones who understood that despite burning my life down from drinking, I could still think about drinking early in sobriety. But that doesn't automatically qualify them to give me advice on all aspects of my life. Imagine you had the best financial advisor in the world who fixed all your financial problems and has never given you one piece of bad financial advice. But he's a couple hundred pounds overweight. This doesn't affect his ability to give you financial advice. But would you go to him for nutrition advice if you wanted to start eating healthier? No, you'd be better off going to a nutritionalist who has experience in that specific problem. Today, I find it best to go to people who have proven experience in dealing with what I'm looking for advice on. If I need relationship advice, I go to friends I know that are in happy relationships. If I need career advice, I talk to friends who have built good careers. Financial advice, I talk to friends who are responsible with money. Some are people I met in recovery, others are not. 
The only time it matters is when I'm dealing with a problem specific to addiction and recovery. My support group today comes from extremely diverse backgrounds, which means I get extremely diverse points of view. Learning to do that and being open to many different points of views has been an absolute game changer for me. It is like I had blinders on before, and now so much more is open to me today. But I don't regret my path to getting there. This is an episode about the biggest mistakes I have learned from in my recovery. Mistakes are going to happen. The key is whether we decide to learn from them or not. When we don't look for the lessons in our mistakes, we're going to stay stuck in the cycle of making the same mistakes. However, if we decide to look at mistakes as learning lessons, they're the path to our growth. Growth does not come from everything going our way and making all the right decisions. It comes from trying, failing sometimes, looking at how we could have done it differently, trying again, maybe failing again, and then finally finding our way through the challenge. We only build resilience and strength from facing adversity. In Tucson, Arizona, they built a perfect ecosystem called the Biosphere, which removed all stressors that nature faces within it. They watched the trees they planted grow at rates that they have not seen in the wild, and they were happy with the results until the trees started falling over on their own. What they found is without the stressors of the natural environments like wind, the trees did not establish a strong root system and ultimately were so weak that they couldn't even hold their own weight. So they simply would just fall over and die. Making and learning from mistakes is the same. Learning how to face challenging life circumstances is what builds strength. Walking through something that you never thought you could do sober and coming out the other side is what builds resilience. Those are the qualities that help keep you sober. Those are the characteristics we need to build the lives that we want and deserve. Our mistakes do not define us. How we respond to them is what develops our character. So go out and live. Get some bumps, bruises, and even a few scars. Channel that little kid version of yourself that kept getting up and trying to walk over and over again despite really sucking at it at first. We all have strength in us. We all have resilience in us. And we all have that spirit that says, I'm going to learn to walk no matter how many times I fall in the process deep inside of us. Sometimes we just have to tap back into it. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you're enjoying this podcast. This week, I want you to think of one person that you think will benefit from listening to this episode and send it to them. Be the person who plants a positive seed in someone else's life today. You never know how much it could impact them. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and keep living sober and happy.